The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on earth, nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you may have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, it's amazing how a room full of people can be suddenly changed by the entrance of one person. Take a classroom, for instance. When the teacher or professor enters, there are different responses. Some will be confident, happy, joyful. Some will be confused, frightened, perhaps even angry, depending upon whether or not they are prepared for what the professor will ask. If, for instance, you had a stadium full of a variety of people, and someone would say the Holy Father should walk into it all of a sudden, unannounced, responses would be different. Some would be joyful happy, ecstatic. Others may be indifferent and still others angry, bitter, frightened, and some would leave. Some would leave. That's true, you know, also with the Eucharist, especially when during adoration. Most of us hopefully will come before the Eucharist uh, with confidence and joy, trust, trying to express our love. But some won't come at all, and if some are forced in, they won't look at it. They won't look at it. They won't look at him. They are afraid. It may sound strange, but there are people who are afraid. When I was a seminarian, we were warned about that. I once had a non-Catholic say to me, Why do you need the Eucharist anyway? We have the word. We have the scriptures. I said, do you mean you would settle for anything less coming into your midst? The word became flesh, and that's how we're supposed to know him. Why are you afraid of this Catholic theology of the Eucharist? Why would you be afraid to come before him? 
And yet people can do that. We aren't ready to meet him. And I guess most of us here aren't, really, if we're honest. We aren't completely prepared to meet him. But we have to become so. That's what the work of life is all about, preparing to meet him. I suppose there may be a certain anxiety. There should be. There should be all. I always say to our service, we're about to enter into what? And I say this, holy sacrifice of the Mass? Yes. We're about to enter into heaven? Yes. We do it with a spirit of awe. Because the Lord is coming. As he said, he will come. But notice how he describes his coming. There will be signs of the sun, the moon, and the stars. People will die of fright. Why should we care? If we're prepared to meet him, let it come. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. All right, let them be, if we're prepared. You know, we prepare for many things. Every day we prepare for things. In the course of a day, for many things. Right now, all of us here are preparing for something else when we leave here. And the same thing with a month or a year or a lifetime. We have prepared for who knows how many things in different ways, too. But if all of them in some way aren't a preparation for his coming, then they aren't really what we want or what we ought to have. They are distracting us from our goal, from our mission. So we have to be conscious of that, about our preparation for that, about that reality in our lives that daily preparation, that daily change by which we really know that he is coming. Now, you know, our Lord then warns us about becoming dull. Oh, you know, about carousing, drunkenness, anxieties of daily life, the misuse of things. No, we are to focus on him, focus on his reality, on his presence. And so we can say that in some way everything we do is going to be a preparation for that. Now, of course, he comes to us now, doesn't he, in the eyes of faith. We can say that. Are we prepared to meet him? That's an interesting expression, isn't it? Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. To stand before the Son of Man. First of all, the term's interesting, isn't it? The Son of Man. When God came to human flesh, when he became one of us, he then referred to himself as the Son of Man. No one ever refers to him that way. He only refers to himself and never after the resurrection. Right now we've Are we prepared to stand before the Son of Man? I would say almost none of us here except infants are. We have things that are not of God that we really aren't prepared for. Uh, But right now, we are coming. The Son of Man is about to come down here. We are about to stand before him. We are about to enter into his presence. Are we prepared for that now? To some extent, I'm sure we are, for in the state of grace, but we have more to do. There's more yet to come. So we have to keep our eyes fixed on it then. Uh, as I said, it's the work of a lifetime. 
But our world has many things to take us away from that, doesn't it? There's never been a period in history when we had more things to distract us, more things for which to prepare that have nothing whatsoever to do with his coming. We are constantly being taken away by something. So we will have then to totally rethink ourselves, to reconsider our day-to-day existence. In the Middle Ages, there was a hymn that was written that I think describes this very well. Um, I think I may have quoted parts of it time to time, but in a very beautiful way, it, it sums it up. He says, It were my soul's desire to see the face of God. It were my soul's desire to rest in his abode. Grant, Lord, my soul's desire. Deep waves of cleansing sighs. Grant, Lord, my soul's desire from earthly cares to rise. It were my soul's desire to imitate my king. It were my soul's desire his endless praise to sing. It were my soul's desire, when heaven's gate is won, to find my soul's desire still bright shining like the sun. And then finally, the final thought that again more perfectly sums it up, this still my soul's desire, whatever life afford, to gain my soul's desire and see thy face, O Lord. May we be prepared to stand before the Son of Man, now and at the end.